Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with a friend and today's Devo writer, Christy Shermack. Hello, everyone. Christy, we know each other. Yep. Uh, But for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I've been at this awesome church since 2008, so I became a believer. And in most recent years, I've gotten to be a part of Watermark Health, so our medical outreach ministry where we serve the uninsured through a couple different urgent care clinics. And so I do need to start off with a shout out to the clinic fam because every day, I mean, you might not know this, every single day we do join the journey together before we open the clinic. So I love that. Yep. That's awesome. Shout out clinic reading fam. The, reading the Bible together. Yep. You Let's got go. to. You got you to. to. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And uh, we are in Mark 12. We are. And I'm just going to let you take it. That's what you great. What you got for us? Um, Well, this was a fun section of scripture to be in. I actually studied this, the whole book of Mark, pretty in depth with a friend last year. And so when Join the Journey came around, I was excited to pick a chapter from this book. And in Mark 12, you know, if we've been reading along, we know that Jesus just entered Jerusalem. And I think there's some really telling things here for us that happen in this chapter that have a lot of application for 2022. And so as I was reading this, I think what stood out to me was that Jesus is on the scene. We've seen in this whole book that he's been doing miracles. He's been showing his disciples what it looks like to suffer, to care for others, to lay your life down. He's given them examples of that. He's told them it's coming. And then in this chapter, we see almost a slightly different tone or um, position from him, where he all of a sudden is now correcting people and giving instruction and saying that's not how it works. I think there's a verse that's really... um, just kind of like a fun little Bible tidbit in here. Verse 10, he says to them, have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And so in that, he's quoting back to Psalm 118. And um, for people who like little Bible trivia things, who's the source text of Mark? Who do we most think that it was? Peter? I didn't know this. Well, so some scholars would say, so Mark joined the scene middle of some of the gospel story, right? Like we have a, a spot specifically in the book of Mark where we think it's Mark talking about himself. Yes. Okay. But he's telling stories that happened from the very get-go. And so a lot of people think it's Peter that was sitting with Mark describing what was happening. And so Mark wrote down Peter's words. Oh, cool. And my fun Bible trivia point is that this little verse in Psalm 118, you can also find in 1 Peter 2. And Peter builds off of his book, off of this truth that, hey, there was a cornerstone that people missed. And when they missed it, it had a big consequence. The Bible's one story. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, so he's quoting Psalm 118 and referring to the fact that they've missed the cornerstone. And this is important because when you build a building, the cornerstone would have been what the entire foundation was laid off of. If you get the positioning of the cornerstone wrong, if you get the angle it's at wrong, if it's not level, your whole building, as you keep building off of that, is going to be tottering, falling apart, built in the wrong kind of material. It's not going to work. It's not going to work out. And so... This is the verse they're pointing to that you have missed out on the right cornerstone. And then there's these three examples of people that have missed out on the right cornerstone. Starting in verse 13, he's talking to some people that have tried to make politics their cornerstone. Says he's talking to the Pharisees and the Herodians. This would have been the equivalent of the Republicans and Democrats. They had values of should government have more control, should it have less control. So they had some stark things they disagreed on. And so they're coming to him. This is maybe the one time they agreed was they wanted to, you know, push Jesus around and um, give him a stumping question. But uh, that was the one time they could come together. But they would have 
disagreed deeply on things. And so they come to him with a political question to test him out, and he just kind of puts it back on him. You both are getting it wrong. That I don't care about the political things that you're trying to put in front of me. What I care about are people made in my image. So that's the first group. They try to make politics their cornerstone. What's the second group? The second group are the Sadducees. And so they are a group of people that would have had some strict theological beliefs about the resurrection. And so these are people that are trying to be right and are trying to make that their cornerstone of, hey, this is the theology we have. There is no way to argue with us. They come with like a really um, stumper type of question to Jesus. And again, Jesus kind of turns to them really quickly and he's like, you're getting it wrong. That's not the cornerstone of what is supposed to happen here. He's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You've got it wrong. And then the third group, we see the scribes. And this one's really interesting. This is a group of people that would have spent their days writing and rewriting the Bible. So they were experts in the, in the scriptures. They're experts in the text. And he got it right. He quoted it right. He gave some right answers. But then a few short verses later, you see where they got it wrong. So the thing that they got wrong wasn't their teaching. It was how they lived it out. And so this would be like, your conference circuit people. They're on a stage, they're nailing it, but then if they go get in a private jet and they ignore everybody that they're trying to minister to and they live in a castle, um, that would be the equivalent today. These are people that we would be putting in positions of power and saying they've got it right. And over and over and over again in this script, Jesus is saying, no, their cornerstone is off. And then at the very end, we have an example of someone who had their cornerstone right, and it's the widow who offers her might. This is something that's quoted a lot in Sunday school and um, an example that's given. And I think the reason that she's pointed to as an example is told to us in verse 44. Other people were contributing out of their abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. She put everything she had, all she had to live on. And so this is an example of someone who understood the cornerstone. The cornerstone was not being right. It wasn't political power. It wasn't teaching the right way. It was living it out in a way of, hey, Jesus is the only thing He's the most important thing, and so I'm going to put my everything rooted on that. So good. Christy, one, thank you for coming prepared and walking us <laughs> through this chapter so well. Listen, I spent forever in this chapter, so it's just yeah, like— <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm learning. Thank you. I'd love to know, last question for you, uh-huh. how do we live differently because of what we read in Mark 12? Yeah, um, I think that's why this chapter is so powerful to me. I'm going to lean in a little bit, and y'all can help me lean out if I need to. Right. But deal. Um, I think I have seen, in some really sad ways, friends in America that profess Christ making the wrong thing the cornerstone the last mm. few years. And the cornerstone has become living in a Christian nation, or having your politician win, or comfort or being in control over all the situations around you, what have we made the cornerstone that is meant to be a building block somewhere else? Yes, it's important to be involved in politics. Yes, it's important to care for certain topics or theological issues. But if they become the cornerstone instead of just one building block somewhere in the building, um, the whole thing is going to topple. In my own life, it is people's opinions of me. Mm -hmm. If if everyone doesn't like me, I must not be living for Jesus. And that's actually not biblical at all. Yep. What else you got? When our cornerstone's in the right spot, we're freed up to enter into those messy moments and be the um, high school kid in the locker room with no friends because we know what's most important. Or to be the foster mom being in the middle of this storm because we know it's important or to be the healthcare worker that shows up time and time again in the middle of the hardest season of their life because we know it's actually important. And so, yeah, I think moving your cornerstone to the right spot isn't just like a 
get it right kind of a thing. It's like, hey, it's so much better. Yeah. It's so much better when it's in the right spot. The building is so much more fun to be in. It's not falling over or hurting people or making the wrong person your enemy. Like there's clarity in your life of who your true enemy is and what it looks like to love others. So so let's say I'm listening right now. Yeah. And I'm I'm hearing this list and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I my cornerstone is not right. Mm. What's my what do I do? Yeah, I think if if we are being convicted by the text that our cornerstone is not right, I think scripture would point us to repent and to be confident that we have a God that has forgiven us for that and is inviting us with open arms. It's not a spot of guilt, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. have to live in guilt and shame and just continue to cower in that wrong building block. Um but to be able to lean into it and say, okay, Lord, I think I've gotten this wrong. Will you show me how it should look? What would you say, Emma? Well, I'd say yes, for sure, run to the Lord. And then I'd say invite others in. That's good. Uh, Like, hey, are you in community? And Mm, if so, mm -hmm. run to them. Ask them to help you, like to check in. They they can't fix your heart for you, but they can pray for you. They can ask you how you're feeding yourself spiritually, asking how you're spending your money and your time and who you're hanging out with. I think those three things really indicate where a cornerstone mm-hmm. is. Uh, and that's that's the beauty of the church, mm-hmm. that when we miss it, we've got people to come alongside us and help us get back on track. Absolutely. I wish we could keep talking, <laughs> but uh, we'll have to have you back on another time. Great. So thank you for sharing. Thank you, Emma. And I am so glad we are all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.